Hello, very good morning. If you've just joined us, it's Martin Keller with you on uh, Talk Sport and Talk Radio right the way through till uh, five o'clock on uh, Talk Radio, six o'clock on uh, Talk Sport. Um, first of all, let's uh, find out what's happening in Latin America as we join our good friend uh, John Bonfilio from Mexico. Uh, John, a very good evening to you. Good evening and happy new year, Martin. Yeah, happy new year to you too. Are you a new year? kind of guy i know you're not a christmas kind of guy but new year big thing for you i think i was asleep four hours before midnight uh yesterday oh, really your, your show is the latest i stay up on any given week <laughs> oh well bless you for that we do appreciate it um the big story obviously from uh, latin america this week uh was this vote in uh, argentina uh, in favor of allowing uh, abortion in early pregnancy which uh, is quite a move, isn't it, in a in a such a Catholic country as uh, as Argentina? It is, and and uh, this has been, I guess, kind of signposted for for a while now. Um, I mean, there's been a number of votes even before this new administration came in towards the end of last year. But it was also the the still relatively new president Alberto Fernandez's um, declaration. It was on his his um, his mandate that he was going to he was going to push this vote and he was going to support it when when he came in, which previous pre- presidents had not had not done. The, the brass tacks of the situation is the fact that, uh, as you say, abortion is now legal in Argentina up to 14 weeks. Um, this was passed just a couple of days ago. And it's really important because, as you say, you know, not, not, not just a Catholic country, but a largely Catholic uh, continent and one of the most uh, repressive reproductive rights legislations um, it, internationally, anywhere in the world. And the fact is that across the continent, abortion is currently only legal in Cuba, Uruguay, and a couple of states in Mexico. So essentially, two of the more uh, liberal-leaning countries historically, and a couple of states in Mexico that kind of broken, uh, that are broken ranks. But the fact that this has now happened in Argentina, in one of the biggest economies and biggest countries uh, in the region, is is seismic. I mean, I, I don't think we can say... It is any anything else. And as I say, it's been signposted for a while, but it also gives extra power to the to the swathes and the hundreds of thousands of of women who have been demonstrating over the course of the last few years that we've that we've reported on on your show a number of times. So this is sending messages across the region and already a number of other countries and movements in other in other countries have been emboldened by uh, by this new new legislation. Yeah, I mean, what's what's pushed this? I mean, I know there've been demonstrations in the past, you know, for women's rights and and that movement. Is that what's pushed it, or is this is this just a sort of uh, a signal that uh, this is a, a more liberal regime, if you like, than we've had in the past in Argentina? No, I think it. I think it's it's something that's been coming for for a while. I, I think there is an increased secularization. I mean, nominally, there is still you know, broad Catholic faith and an uptake in terms of numbers and so on across across the region and in Argentina. But but underneath that, you you have uh, um, an upsurge, an uptake in, in I guess, a kind of civic um, secularization that, that's taking place. And really what women's groups have realized uh, as of a few years ago is that to get this done, they needed to organize. And the level of organization which is taking place in and amongst women's groups and related groups in in Argentina is is very um very modern very organized uh very um 
I guess, kind of uh, they, they know where they want to go and they know how to get there. And they've seen it happen in other countries and they're, they're not taking no for an answer. And this, I guess, kind of emancipation of, of women and women finding their voice in Argentina, but also more broadly in Latin America, I think for sure is going to be one of the biggest uh, one of the big news stories of, of 2021, because this victory is going to lead women's organizations, women in other countries um, to, to stand up even more so than they already have been doing and saying um, our sisters in Argentina now have this right to um, to accessible, available, legal, safe and free abortion. We want the same, too. And I think there's two important points there when when they the chant normally is libre, seguro y gratuito, which is legal, safe and free. The safe component is important because these women's groups would argue it's not a legal issue. It's a it's a public health issue. In 2015, there were 39,000 women hospitalized in, in Argentina related to uh, complexities related to, to, um, to abortions that are clandestine abortions that are taking place. And the last one, the free component is also really important because, again, these women's groups uh, or people fighting for the legalization of abortion say, well, look, it's already legal for the wealthy because they just go abroad or they find a way of, of accessing it. So actually what we're what we're dealing with is the fact that this is illegal for the poorer members of society. And these are the ones that we need to be um, helping to not end up in hospital and not have these struggles and, and that are not imprisoned. P- prior to this, legis- this legislation in Argentina, uh, a woman who had an abortion or was accused of having an abortion could have ended up with 15 years, doing a 15-year uh, prison term in Argentina. Yeah, do you think there's going to be sort of like a domino effect? Because you can't imagine the, the law being uh, being liberalised in, say, Bolsonaro's Brazil. No, I think there will be a domino effect, but I think it will be slow uh, and incremental. It's, I don't think it's going to happen suddenly across, across the region. But, for example, Colombia already debated this as part of this, uh, the Supreme Court earlier on in the year. They didn't come up with a decision. I think Chile is probably going to be hot on the heels of, of Argentina. I agree that um, you know the, the, the federal government in Brazil is not necessarily going to, um, going to step forward with this. But countries that were previously seen as relatively middle of the road in, in Latin America are definitely taking this, are changing their, their, their perspective and changing their view on, on where to class um, abortion. And I think that that's not somewhere, that's not a place that these countries or these legislators can step back from once the change is there. Yeah. Now, we were talking uh, last week, John, about uh, the murdering of uh, uh, a record number of uh, deaths of land rights uh, defenders. Uh, and there's another one, uh, an environmentalist who's been killed in Honduras. Um, not the first by a long chalk. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? We were just summing up the year and and uh, individuals that had died and so on. And we were talking about land rights defenders and indigenous land rights defenders and saying that it was the deadliest year in history in, in Latin America. And then a week later, there's this new killing that happens in, in Honduras. This uh, 60-year-old veteran leader of the Lenca people, Felix Vasquez, was, was shot in front of his family um, in his home. Uh, Balaclava-clad group of armed men went in, beat his family, and then and then shot him. Essentially, he's an indigenous land rights activist. He's opposed mega projects, including mines, dams, wind farms, since the since the early 80s. Very much a thorn in the side of the extractivist um, political uh, neoliberal agenda in a lot of these countries. And the easiest way for for these 
um, these organizations or the fringes of these organizations to deal with these problems is to, to take them out. So we, yeah, we sadly, we, we summed up the year with that and now we're starting the year with it, with exactly the same thing again in terms of stories, which are going to, we're going to be returning to in 2021. I think this, this issue of, of land and freedom and indigenous defenders is going to be something that we return to. And also it's important that we return to as well, because if you look at the, the killing of, of one of Vasquez's, um, country women for five years ago, Berta Cáceres, the only reason, like a massively high profile international killing that took place there, another indigenous land rights defender. The only reason that people actually ended up being convicted of her murder was because it became such an international incident and there was international media on the watch in it. The more noise that, that these stories get, uh, the more likely it is that the that people get brought to task and the less likely it is that these things happen again in in future yeah one assumes that the, you know the sort of united nations agencies uh, and such like who you know who make great speeches and uh, yeah and talk about these issues you'd think there'd be some sort of uh, move from from them it, you know it's almost like an epidemic it keeps happening and it's, it's gangsterism as you say uh, you'd think the the un would have an agency that would be trying to make make noises about it. I suppose Amnesty International must look at that sort of thing a bit, would they? Yeah, they do. There's a number of different organizations that, that register, that, that monitor, that, that shout about these things. The, the UN um, has, as you say, already you know, commented on this uh, and so on. But ultimately, um, it's a relatively toothless organization in, in these contexts where what you really need is, is properly functioning um, legal and judicial processes to take place and also a political will to drive these um, these convictions these investigations and these these convictions forward and sadly in in many countries in in latin america um there is there is an at best an absence of that and at worst again as we've spoken about before um a context in which government and politicians are in hoc with these uh, with these big multinational extractivist corporations and and that's how they get the permits and that's how they get the permissions and how that's that's how they get the protections to to move forward i mean it's all wrapped up in this i was thinking about this earlier on today in terms of you know in, in italy you have the, the mafia and so on and you have organized crime that you have to deal with and the same happens in many different in many different countries but in in many contexts in latin america Organized crime is sadly the government. I mean, it's, it's inextricable. It sounds like a controversial thing to say, like it's far out, but it's, it's really not. If you look at, uh, the, the convictions, uh, related to, to corruption in Latin America, and these are the ones that we know about. I mean, uh, a significant majority of the people that are convicted of corruption are the highest level politicians in, in these countries. The two things have an inextricable link between them. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we've, uh, we'll talk, uh, next week. We're going to talk tonight about the Copa America, but it's not till, uh, June. Um, I'm just hoping that, uh, it'll go ahead, the Copa America. Um, given the, uh, the figures, uh, which I keep looking at every week, the, the figures for Brazil and Peru and various places in Latin America for coronavirus still very, very high indeed. Um, but hopefully, you know, vaccine will start to kick in soon. Presumably people are being uh, vaccinated in Brazil, Argentina, Mexico. 
they are being vaccinated with with a, a number of different vaccines. I mean, the the Russian Sputnik vaccine has now made an appearance here also. Um, so so they are. But as I'm sure everywhere around the world, you know, we're all waiting for these numbers to um, to snowball forward and significant reams of, of people to be vaccinated. But that's not happening at the moment. Added to mm-hmm. which um, there are problems with with how the vaccine is going to reach some of the um, some of the most remote parts of of, of the region and also the fact that it has to be or a lot of these vaccines have to be stored in extremely cold temperatures and how that's going to happen yeah. um, in, in, in the transport component is, is an open question. Okay, well, uh, next week we'll, whatever, we'll look ahead to the Copper America, which uh, takes place from uh, June to uh, July. Uh, thanks, uh, that'll be in Colombia and Argentina. Thanks uh, ever so much for, uh, for joining us, uh, John, and um, we'll talk again next week, which will be an ordinary right. week, as they all are for you <laughs> by the sound of things. No problem, talk soon. Talk soon, yeah. John Bonfini there, uh, joining us from uh, Mexico. Uh,